0: Good evening and welcome to the Community Hall for this evening's Ledbury Poetry Festival event. A few thank yous. Can I take the opportunity to thank Arts Council England, supporters of Lebury Poetry Festival, which is now, amazingly, in its 21st year. I would also like to thank our local sponsors of tonight's event, Luke and Helen Keegan of Green Dawn Accounting. Thank you. Anyone of a certain age will be aware of tonight's performer having been part of their TV and comedy landscape since the early 90s. At 24, he was the youngest ever Perrier Award winner. He also played a record producer in the film The Commitments. He wrote and starred in his own sitcom, Sean's Show, and for six years was team captain, I'm sure you all remember, on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. In recent years, he's taken on a variety of TV roles, ranging from appearing in The Last Detective to playing Eileen's love interest in Coronation Street, right through to lending his voice to a rubber shark called Finbar in a children's TV show. And along the way, as well as numerous stand-up tours, he's written four books, appeared in the theatre musical The Railway Children starred in the film Around Ireland with a Fridge, and now hosts a regular podcast called Under the Radar. All these many and diverse performing and creating paths have inevitably led to tonight's appearance here in Ledbury. Reading from his poetry collection, My Struggle to Be Decent, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce veteran Irish comic and poet, Sean Hughes. Thank
1: you. Well, the applause usually lasts till you get to the microphone, so thanks for that. Um, thank you very much for your veteran Irish comic. I'm fucking fifty-one. I haven't fought in any war. I think that's disrespectful to people like our grandparents who did fight in the war. With my granddad, I have to take his word for it because in all the pictures he's wearing a balaclava. (laughs) Right, so a lot of these poems are sad, but I'll do a bit of comedy as well. I like your age group. That's nice. Um, The show's an hour for the older people. I I know no matter how much you're enjoying the show, you're going, how long is this? because I'm like that myself now when people say do you want to go and see this play I go when's the interval <laughs> but um, is there any young people in Lidbro? <laughs> what age are you then what age are you um, 23, 23. What, why are you here at a poetry night <laughs> you're the dad <laughs> have you got no friends not you dad alright 23 well it's a Friday night in Ledborough I think this hour is waiting we know what's going to happen we'll have a bit of fun get profound then go home and have some peppermint tea (laughs) but you're 23 you should be you should be outside fucking someone against Skip (laughs) youth is wasted on the young here the only thing I need to say to you tonight is uh, life is all about anticipation followed by utter, utter disappointment. <laughs> I've done my work here. <laughs> but I'm not saying people my age and your age can't have sex against a skip, but it's not the same really, is it? It's exciting when you're 23. When you're in your 50s, you're going, really? Can we just do it in the bedroom? Well, if we're going out, I'm not taking my trousers down. I'll take the todger out, but... And I'll be there going, oh, yeah, baby, oh, yeah, baby, looking in the skip, going, I wonder if that microwave works. (laughs) So, some sad poems. This is called Wrecking the Wreck. This is a funny one, actually, but it's the only funny one in the collection. Breathing heavy, not being able to lift anything heavy, putting shit up my nose, soaking my liver, aches and pains, not eating properly, vegetating, staying indoors, smoking beyond the enjoyment threshold, hardly any sleep, weak need, weak will, constantly. These are a few of my favourite things. <laughs> Usually gets a round of applause, but don't you <laughs> worry a pretty little hell of a... No, you can't be sheep like that. Oh, man, so, uh, do you mind me asking, sir, on the front row, what age are you? Yeah, you, the one I'm pointing <laughs> at. Sixty-something. Uh, <laughs> Alzheimer's, is it? <laughs> and how's your health, kind sir? How's your health and your hearing? <laughs> <laughs> what, well, nothing wrong with you? I've got psoriasis. You know what that is? Uh, yeah. What is it? Skin thing. skin thing. You're quite vague with your 60-something <laughs> skin thing. Yeah, my skin falls off. If, if there's a murder in this beautiful community hall, um, I'll be called in for questioning because my DNA is going to be everywhere. And if you could stop flashing that light as well because at my age, that kind of freaks me out. Right. And also, I can't even have a one-night stand anymore, because I've got sinus problems. Apparently, this is how I sleep. I'm sick of waking up with an ambulance outside. Right. Excited and frightened. Thoughts of you peeper away in everything, impossible to pinpoint with choice words. I will, missmel- will misspell words for you in haste. It's funny, yesterday I was content, in bed alone. Now telephone conversations are epic novels, throwaway lines, hidden mysteries. People get it wrong, they want to know each other, they want to own each other. I realise you don't even own yourself, it's yours in many ways. You're not here, I carry on. A sad satisfaction hums above. The trivia I so detest in others is now a welcome distraction. Wouldn't that be the way? Without knowing, this is the best part. Too busy rushing towards boredom, we forget this is as good as it gets. And so, is this your wife beside you, sir? You seem very. How long? How long have you been together? I know you don't know, sir, but. Your wife might. Fantastically, so. Fantastically long time. Do you ever think of writing a novel? <laughs> well, you look great together, and uh, it'll never last. So. <laughs> I don't know you, but I know. See, this is the thing with sex now. With me, it's very much like uh, I don't know a lot. Any of you people, but this is how middle-aged people have sex now. It's like you're at home, kind of going, "Oh yeah, baby, yeah, 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 yeah." Hang on, I've just heard the bin men. I'll be back in a sec well, I was just about to come. Yeah, we can come anytime, but the women, they come but once a week. <laughs> you have to prioritise. I did that line in Glasgow, and it's the best heckle I ever got in my life. A guy shouted up really angrily. I went, I think you find fine. It's every fucking fortnight. <laughs> but... Uh, Yes, I've got my psoriasis, and there's no cure for it. It's an an annoying illness, and uh, I went to the NHS, and they said we haven't got a cure for that. But here's a DVD of The Singing Detective. Good luck with your life. (laughs) Just letting you know that. Right, these are quite short. These poems, so uh, feel free to go to the toilet. All right, like this one. This is called uh, Death. <laughs> I want to be cremated. I know how boring funerals can be. I want people to gather, meet new people, have a laugh, a dance, meet a loved one. I want people to have free drink all night. I want people to patch together half-truths. I want people to contradict each other. I want them to say, I didn't know them, but cheers. I want my parents there, adding more pain to their life. Oh, <laughs> I want to have my ashes scattered in a bar on the floor, mingle with sawdust. A bar where beautiful, trendy people will trample over me again. <laughs> it's getting a bit hot now. So, um, <clears throat> it is a beautiful place you have here. Well, the one street, um, very compact, very walkable. I think the mic is popping a little bit as well, so if you could possibly tweak that a little bit, that'd be great. Because otherwise, at any time I say pee, the whole place might explode. So the other, I don't mind getting old, actually. It's the things that the, nobody bothers to tell you the subtle things that happen. Like, nobody bothers to tell me, oh, by the way, when you hit your foot. Fu- I travelled from London today, it took me five and a half hours. And this is how I'm treated. (laughs) Nearly finished. (laughs) Yeah, nobody bothered to tell me that. When you hit your forties, you wake up at six o'clock every morning for no fucking good reason. And I work nights, how cruel is that? And there was nothing to do at 6 o'clock in the morning. You just turn on Sky News. There's a guy staring back at going, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> Nothing's happened yet. But as I say, I live in London. And thank you so much for coming. I do appreciate that. And it's great to see so many different kinds of white people here. <laughs> I asked, I said, are there any black people in the town? One. Because, like, in London now, we've got a Muslim mayor. In Ireland, we've got a gay Indian as our prime minister. We call him Taoiseach. But, uh, so the world is changing. And if I was a Muslim, I would come and live here and scare the shit out of you people <laughs> every day. I would get on a bus every morning with a big bag on my lap and I'd just go, five, four, three, where are you going? I would go to the garden centre every Sunday and go, exactly how much fertiliser have you got? (laughs) We'll take it all. Right, my parents died, uh, so this is one about my dad dying. Sorry to bring the buzzes down. But this is called Disposing of the Body. My father did not hold my hand. I did not hold my father's hand. We never felt the need. Instead, we led a merry dance Breathless after our dance, they turned on the lights, just like this fucker's been doing. We were shuffled out. All talk was of missed opportunities. Rumours abounded we would dance no more. We were told to deal with this in the cold light of day. The last dance was not to our favourite song. Isn't that always the way? He is gone and this is new. It is trite to say I miss him. I am the next leg of the relay, forced to run against my will to honour the family name. As he departed, I remembered him waiting for me at the airport arrivals. He tried so hard to look nonplussed. His pride pushed his lips towards a smile. His hands stretched out, not to shake mine, instead to ease me of the burden of my bag. My lightness of luggage made his love a given. This was why it was a joy to carry the luggage that was my father as we danced him to his final resting place. So, yeah, my mum died in January, so that didn't help to say uh, my illnesses. But um, my mum, like, I love my mum, but I didn't really get on with her. I remember she stayed with me one Christmas. And uh, I I liked it when she came to my house, when she went to, when I had to go to her house. Like, it was just, oh, just, actually, if you're going to go visit your parents next time, just visualize that they're pandas. Because a lot of those traits you find tedious in your parents' Quite cute in pandas. (laughs) The panda is (laughs) chain-smoking. He hasn't even got a lighter. It's just one after the other. The panda doesn't know how to use the remote control. He keeps on clicking different stations. The panda keeps on telling me about people's ailments that I've never fucking heard of. (laughs) But my mum, she came to stay with me. And all she does is, uh, she never leaves the house. So she just goes, uh, she feeds a stray cat and takes about, used to take about 80 tablets. So when she came at Christmas, we just sat there watching telly. I put all her pills in the middle and we just both munched into them. <laughs> oh, that was a nice day. And then, uh, then this documentary came on about uh, the housing crisis in the Lebanon. And I'm kind of interested in that kind of stuff. Mum was not she? she liked Coronation Street. And uh, so then they were talking about, and it's just a normal estate agent. Like, basically, the problem there is, uh, if you want to go to a safe area, you have to pay through the roof, top dollar. But, you know, the cheap stuff is where all the shit goes down. And this estate agent is showing this lovely family with their two kids around. And he's going, here's your kitchen. You can put your pots and pans there. Isn't that lovely? And they're going, it's a bit small, isn't it? Well, you can knock that wall down. The Israelis will probably do that for you. He didn't say that, but he said something in a minute which is going to blow your mind. So they're going, oh, and then he brings him into the sitting room and goes, yeah, put all your rugs down there and have your sweet tea, it's great. And go, no, we don't like it, it's a bit pokey. And then he goes, uh, he knows he's losing the deal, and he goes, there's a roof terrace. Come on up and I'll show you the roof terrace. And he says, you can grow all your basil and all your stuff there. And he says, but you can't use this area here because this is where Hamas launched their rockets from. So he's pretty much saying to them, you'll be dead soon, so get a big mortgage if you want. Because, like, I'm not taking sides, but when Hamas launched one of the firecrackers into Israel, they tend to launch precision missiles back to that exact same spot. And I thought to myself, this is probably a bit too heavy for Mom. So I said, oh, Chef's on the other side. Do you want to watch that instead? And she went,
2: no, 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 no.
1: I like location, location, location. (laughs) when I knew it was never going to happen. Right, this is a long one. Anyone like dolphins? Are you just going to make the noise of a dolphin? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is called Swimming with Dolphins. We all looked. Uh, we all loaded. We all loaded off in our little pack. Memories of normality fading. The thought of sharing the banter of 17 others was frightening. I could just sit in my own darkened room again. Surely the dolphins would bring us together. The long drive to the seafront was accompanied by some horrendous tape music. On first sight of the hairy sailor, the, the string dog, and the deep sea, my room seemed comforting. I fed the seagulls some chips, made them dance for it, mind. The ocean was so clear as everyone started to put on their wetsuits. I put mine on in the privacy of the cabin's corner. Everyone buzzed with a half-grin, anticipating the excitement. Some bought cameras and videos, lessening the moment for longevity. The dolphins are coming, said the captain. The eager ones jumped in. They came back like age-old hippies. Certain phrases forever now part of their vocabulary. Everyone got the chance to swim with the dolphins. I, the non-swimmer, the frail old man before his time, got the chance to hang off a rope, breathing in salt in panicked gulps. It was enough to know to me that the dolphins were there. I feel no need to touch a metaphor for my life, I thought. I noticed that every single person had this fantastic grin on their face, looking so graceful in the water. Anything was forgivable. This more so than seeing the dolphins fill me with wonder. The story of the seal who thought he was a dolphin refused to hang out with the other seals filled me with wonder. I am the seal who likes to hang out with the dolphins, I thought, as I watched. My watch, ruined from my little dip, another metaphor for the timelessness of the day. Some felt sorry for me, <clears throat> not being able to fully participate in the action. I went home tired, damp, elated. The rest went off to chat about events over fish and chips. See what I did there? So, when mine started to go as well, which is a little bit of a worry, I, uh, I call them kettle in the garden moments. You know when you find yourself in your garden with a kettle in your hand going,
2: whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. <laughs> what am I doing out here with this? Was I hoping to plant this and have some little kettles in the spring? Oh, better go inside the watering can's boiling. you know also when you're walking down the road and you feel your phone vibrate and you go, hey, who's trying to get in touch with me? And you put your hand in your pocket and there's no phone there. It's just your circulation starting to go. (laughs) These are the things to look forward to, 23. (laughs) And uh, we all have sport. Do you like your sport? Jesus, the atmosphere. (laughs) Like you're a nice audience, but I ask any question. you (laughs) go... Must be fun for people in shops around here. Can I help you? (laughs) You going in for your pension, what age are you? Sixty something (laughs) I told you at the very start fifty one. Yeah. See, now they're getting lively. We're all going <laughs> to attack you. Which friend said I didn't? <laughs> you don't know him, no? He's a bit closer, isn't he? The reason the show's only an hour as well is because I can see that those chairs are really fucking uncomfortable. And they haven't even got handles, so you have to make that decision of going... But, see, you like sport. I, uh, I like football. I support Crystal Palace. So, why do people do that? I've just told you something I love, and you boo that. You wouldn't do that in any other part of society. If I said, this is my rage, she's my new girlfriend, you wouldn't go, boo. You're shit, and you know you are. But I support Crystal Palace. It's odd, because being Irish, I've no... See, nobody bothered to tell me it was a shithole in Croydon. I thought like Crystal Palace was a Valhalla, just this magical place. Cinderella played for them and you know, they played in castles and all that, you know, not fucking Croydon, which is a shithole. It's worse than Hereford. Anyone in from Hereford? I apologize, but Jesus Christ. I do not like that place at all. But I've always, uh, I've always supported Palace, and uh, you know, I love the strip and, and everything about them. And uh, I've never given up, even though they've been rubbish a lot of the time. And I remember I was at a music gig a while back, not recently, because uh, if you're 51 and you go to a music gig, you're a dick, because you're just spoiling the fun for the young people. Going, who's he with the fucking ponytail at the back? this guy came up to me and he went or you, do you support Crystal Palace? And unlike Peter, I did not, you know, I I stayed with Palace and I just went "Uh, yeah I do, thinking he could be a rival finally might want to hit me. He went so do I, good on you mate. And then we got chatting, we were going to become proper friends like, you know, Facebook, because that's real friendship. (laughs) And uh, then I said to to him uh, so do you go to the games much yourself? He said, me barred for life for stabbing a cunt. Sorry for the C word there, but uh, that's actually what he said. And so, now, twi- what's your name,
2: 23?
1: <laughs> I was told a really p- proper poetry-friendly crowd. and you- <laughs> He's going, you didn't say that. You're going deaf, man. Yeah, I can't hear it because I am going deaf. <laughs> what's your name? Would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> is he related to you? Leave her alone then. And do you do computer games and stuff? Nothing like that? See, even though I've got all that time in, all during the day, I don't play computer games. And Because, uh, like, you know, these, it's mainly guys, and they go home and then Call of Duty, where they shoot Russians and chase cars, and then they realise their life is pointless and masturbate and turn it off. And, you know... Actually, I tell a lie. There's one computer game I play which I really like. It's called Tesco's Internet Shopping. <laughs> it's very interactive as well. As, it's a good game. Like what, Basically, the idea is you have to try and get your groceries within budget, which the government seems to fail to do every week um, since we're living in austerity. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you're all Tories, aren't you? <laughs> That's what I was told. You would really get excited about the weirdest shit. <laughs> See, sport, like, I love being Irish because we are shit at sport. Every Olympics we win one gold medal, and we get very excited about that. It's usually for boxing, and we all go out that night and get drunk and punch each other in the face. <laughs> kind of training. And uh, But then one year, this swimmer that no one had ever heard of called Michelle Smith she won three gold medals, and uh, most countries would be going, "This is amazing. We are an elite swimming country. When she won the first one, it was great. Everyone, yeah, got drunk and all went out swimming and punched each other in the face. The second one, rather than going, "Hey, she did well, people are going, Fucking something dodgy going on here." <laughs> the third gold medal, people just went, uh, "Test that bitch for drugs." Bearing in mind, Ireland didn't have a full-size Olympic swimming pool. That's why it's so much fun to watch Irish swimmers. Because they are brilliant for the first two-thirds. And then they go, where's the ledge? I can't find the ledge. But for some reason, we are very good at the, at the uh, Paralympics. And we haven't got an overabundance of paralysed people in, in Ireland. But, um, like... Every, like the last two Paralympics, uh, another Smith, he won the 100 metres in 10.3 seconds, which I think is 0.4 seconds off the able-bodied record. And I'll tell you how he managed to do that, because there was fuck all wrong with the fella. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he had a wonky eye. And they were interviewing him afterwards, and he's just going, I think I could have shaved another point too often, but I kept on veering into the other lane with me wonky <laughs> eye. <laughs> I did that on Irish television, and the next day the papers went ballistic, saying, how dare you slag off one of our heroes, and then insisted, I raised the fucker for charity. With my psoriasis, he wouldn't know what lane he's in. Right. Time for a a love poem, I think. This is called Marriage. (laughs) We've been together now 60-odd years, but my memory is (laughs) fucked. Sorry for the bad language. It's a kind of rhythmic thing for Irish people. Marriage, you gave me this ring, a token of love, it shrinks with age until it can't come off. I take this ring, a token of love, it fits perfectly on my engagement finger, maybe we're being a bit hasty. I gave you this ring, a token of love, I see it by the sink every morning, at least your hands are clean. You take this ring, a token of love, handed down from my grandmother, you didn't like her much either, did you? So again, uh, we'll be selling books at the end. How much was it in tonight, by the way? <laughs> Sorry, nine, nine quid. It's a bit of a weird one. Just round it off to a tenner. Just leave a pound in the charity box at the end. Right, here's like because you've paid in. Here's a couple of things you could do. Because like my life, when I was fourteen, right, living in suburbia in Dublin. I was bored out of my mind. And uh, see, nowadays, you can, like at 23, you like a song, and you just go zap, it's on your phone. We had to go into town on a bus to get our music. And I was going in one day very excited, you know, going, oh, have you got the new Human League record? And we went, no, I'll oh, see you next week. <laughs> and But for some reason, my brain decided, hey, Sean, why don't you pretend you're Australian for the day? And I liked Neighbours, I knew the lingo, I knew the cold called crisps, chips. So I went into this newsagent, and I just said, "Good I mate, could I have some uh, chips, please? And he's kind of looking at me going, this is a, a newsagent, there's not a chip shop, there's a chip shop down there. Nah, mate, some chips. And we were talking, for his, the salt and vinegar chips in the box. I want the salt and vinegar chips. And he's going, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And that went on for 20 minutes, and then eventually we came to an understanding, and I gave him the money, he gave me the change back. And as I was leaving, I we went, how's your brother, by the way, Sean? Heeps. but here's a couple of tricks you can play as well like this one is um, next time someone tells you something really personal about themselves like <coughs> you know I've got chlamydia just go let me take a speakerphone, yeah <coughs> another one which is very site specific is uh, if you're a passenger in a car in the front and it's night time get your phone out take a photo so the flash goes off and go oh, think you've just been done by the speed camera <laughs> these are free gifts i'm giving you <laughs> my favorite one was it sometimes backfires like actually once in london i had to go to this meeting and i couldn't find the place so i went into a shop and i said Do you know where this address is and he said it's quite literally just there Meg." i went thanks very much and this is the way my brain operates i went in and had that meeting that lasted about two and a half hours after the meeting i went back into the shop and said where did you say it was again I was in Bristol. I played there for two nights because they liked me more. (laughs) And they had to... uh, So, you know, I don't like being away from my house. I don't necessarily love London, where the shops are. um, So I was in Bristol, and I looked up the whatever you do to see what's on. And one of the things was the Colson suspension bridge, because Brunel engineered it. So I went, well, that'll kill ten minutes. So I went up there, (laughs) had a look. And it's just a bridge. It's just a bridge with cars and trucks going over I'm going it's really tedious. But they do have a gift shop in there uh, on the bridge and they sell you know, videos of Brunel and fudge because that's one of the rules of life <laughs> that every gift shop has to sell fudge. You could be at the top of Mount Everest and they go fudge. <laughs> Probably need a sugar rush. So anyway I know Banksy, the graffiti artist, comes from Bristol so Again, with a very straight face, I just went into this lovely woman. Her name is Morag, because she had a name badge on. I said, hi, Morag. Um, Listen, does Banksy paint this bridge? She went, of course he doesn't. It's a listed building. Why would he do that? And then, this is the trouble like, you know, then she was such a decent person that she just, uh, she got a map of Bristol out and started pinpointing where all Banksy's work was. And I'm not that much of a fan, but now I had to live the lie. I'm there for 20 minutes going, all right, and I'll take the 17 bus and then get off at the roundabout. Isn't it? And it's on the right there. But she was so helpful. I said, thank you very much. You've been so helpful, Morg. And she went, oh, that's not my name. I couldn't find my name badge this morning. <laughs> who, who does that? <laughs> Just don't wear a name badge. Okay, yeah, 42. I'll be selling this for uh, 10 pounds afterwards.
2: <laughs>
1: because, uh, and it's also, it's your opportunity to make me look like a proper dick. Because I'll be there sweating at that table at the back, and you can just walk by and go, All right. Right, this is about Christmas. Shaking cream on Christmas Day while listening to Mary of the Fort Form by the Boontown Rats. Playing record, my Christmas present, shaking cream, after turkey treat, lid opens, cream spills, dad's jacket ruined, dad's temper flares, record broken, terrible Christmas. Dad's version. Turn music down, awful hangover, Sean shake cream, I'm starving, what happened? You're sorry, jacket's ruined, my Christmas present, that'll teach you, terrible Christmas. That was like the applause you get on Court 14 at Wimbledon, <laughs> when you don't know the name of any of the players, they're just tall checks and barking guys, and they do a rally that lasts two minutes, and you do that. So thanks, thanks for that, appreciate it, really do. So Christmas is the time for Jesus, it's, uh, I know you think it's all about Turkey and stuff, but that's when he was born. Anyone, any believers in? Good, I like that. And uh, you two, uh, have you got kids? Mm, (laughs) Well, it's hardly fucking personal. Like, I haven't got kids, so I've put them through university with my tax money over the years. So realistically, they're kind of mine as well, so it's, it's hardly personal. Just asking about the welfare of our kids. But um, yeah, my dad was a pushy dad, but not as pushy as uh, God was to His only Son Jesus. Because I didn't mind when it was raining. Dad would go, "Yeah, you go down and get the uh, milk and bread," and says, oh, "I'll get it on Tesco's internet. It'll, it'll come in three days' time." See, that's the thing about Tesco's internet shopping. It's great because it is interactive. They come round to your house three days later with some of your shopping. Because whoever they get to pack those boxes, I've given up on life, haven't I? It's yeah, could you put that list in there? Sure, yeah. Fuck that shit. They come around to your house and go, we didn't have any vegetarian sausages, so we got your turnip. <laughs> Call of Duty would have been such a better kind of game if three days later a Russian guy comes around to your house with a submachine gun and goes, you killed my brother. I'm going to kill you now. Just say. And have you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Is dad very protective, yeah? Dad, come on. <laughs> Let her loose. Let her loose. Because the kids nowadays, that's the thing that annoys me about kids is like, th- life is so fast now, so they kind of abbreviate words and make up new words. Like sick now means good. How dare they do that to a middle-aged person like me? And I see someone in the street going, I'm sick. And I go, can I get you a glass of water or something? <laughs> Fuck off, old oh man. You didn't fight in the war, did you? Yeah, but I made sacrifices. We only had Landlines. But yeah, so like, uh, what I'm going to do now, and it's not to spoil it, but any young people here, I'm going to do a joke, two jokes that you will not get, because this is what you do to us now. Once you hit 50, you push us out of society and just go, "You're you're not of any use to us anymore. Just stay at home and watch telly, will you? So here's two lines that you can't possibly get, just so you know what it's like to be left out of society, right? The next time someone's talking about themselves too much, just go... Nah,
2: nah, nah, nah.
1: Fucking no idea what I'm talking about, see? Next time someone tells you a joke, just go, oh, greasy, you crack me up. <laughs> this is what you do to us every day. But the, uh, and sexting as well. Like, it's sex texting, but like, you know, they haven't got enough time to so call it sexting and uh, i find that very embarrassing sometimes when someone sends me one i'm just mortified like you know <laughs> i got one that said the second that i come up to your house the second you uh, open the door i'm going to suck your cock like no one's ever sucked it before and i'm thinking why can't you do it like everyone else <laughs> it's not like there's a new app we've got the new blowjob app this one's so much better than the last one <laughs> And I've got dogs. Well, I I had two dogs. One of them, I put to sleep. He wasn't ill. I just loved sleeping. But and uh, so like that was never going to happen because you know what dogs are like when the doorbell goes. I'm going to get my cock out in the middle of that mayhem. I uh, <laughs> get off. Should never have gotten those cock-shaped toys. Going to A&E. Can you get this dog off my cock, please? Does that microwave work, by the way? So old for this now. Time for a slow bow. Yeah, you like this one. It's on page forty nine. In case you're taking notes. How I feel? You are more than a ray of sunshine, I a leafless tree, you an evergreen. I tramp off the beaten path in your forest. You're the glimpse of the moon I seek, a shiny reflection on the water's skin. You walk hand in hand with the stars. I can pretend all I like. The most romantic thing I can say to you is, you're the one I want to have problems with. (laughs) Oh. That was very much like court five. So. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is the rudest joke I have, right? So don't get too shocked. But uh, when I was a kid, I was forced to become an altar boy. And, um, you know, I didn't want to, but, you know, if you lived in the local area, you had to. And uh, I don't know if you're ready for this. priest, used to insist on blowjobs. And I was saying, are you sure this is the body of Christ? (laughs) I knew you weren't ready for that. (laughs) But so I was talking about God being a pushy dad, because I said my dad, he'd say, go and get the milk and the bread. But God had one son, and he said to him, I'd like you to run a little errand. What I'd like you to do is go down to earth... Live there for 33 years with a carpenter and a deluded virgin, learn some magic tricks like dynamo, and then get a posse together and kick up a bit of a fuss, and uh, then you'll be crucified. But don't worry, I rise you from the dead three days later. If you get some bread while you're down there as well, that'd be great. And Jesus must be going, fuck off, I'm not doing that. And says, What part of earth do you want me to go? Oh, the Middle East. that's a bit volatile, isn't it? Remember, remember years ago they used to kidnap uh, teachers, English teachers like John McCarthy and Brian Keenan, and they'd always be uh, in a house tied to a radiator for four years. And I don't understand that because the Middle East is quite a hot climate. <laughs> there can't have been that many houses with radiators, is what I'm saying. All they had to do was go into the local shop and go, "Has any nutcase bought a radiator?" <laughs> you know, Right, you're free, Terry. How did that go with your helping them out, Terry? Wait, do you remember he went over and says, "I'll I'll sort this out." Oh, radiator, fine. But so yeah, I like I, I do believe in Jesus. I don't believe in heaven and hell, and if you do, you're a fool. But um, but Jesus must be there, like kind of going right. like, get the posse together. And, like, he's going up to the local fishermen and stuff and going, and what's your name? And they go, Peter, yeah? <laughs> I'm not saying that every time I say hello to you. Tell you mate his name's Paul. And uh, also, Jesus, he had a big drink problem. We know that when he went to that wedding. And uh, he says, I'll have some Chardonnay, please. And said, Uh, We're only serving water. He went, fuck that shit. Zing. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, he went to the desert for 40 days and 40 nights without food and drink. I think you know where. Rehab, my friends. That's called rehab. (laughs) And the thing about uh, Jesus was, I liked him because he had these weaknesses, but he was very shit at dinner parties, wasn't he? Like, if you were inviting, you know, 12 people around your house, surely you'd have six on one side of the table, six on the other. What the fuck was this shit all about? Was there football on that night? <laughs> Semi-finals, don't want to miss the penos. And also, dinner parties always feel like... Uh, they're a good idea, but um, they're not, because you've got will oh, yeah, mix with some people, but you only get to speak to that person there, that person there. You can't go, excuse me, you're boring. I'd like to talk to you. And Jesus is there doing uh, in his big speech, saying, listen, lads, this is the last supper we're having. You owe me 12 best mates, even though one is is a bit of a fucking wanker. And none of you have read the Bible. <laughs> but there must have been people down the other end going, I can't hear a word he said. <laughs> Did you say something about asparagus? <laughs> Luke, put that in your gospel. Right, this is called Plane Crash. You're just about to die, no one seems to notice. They eat their plastic meals and sip their complimentary drink while I contemplate my worth. I look at the air hostess, her smile does not calm me. My legs start shaking involuntarily. The person beside me starts to chat. I'm dying, and he's telling me what he does for a living. I hear a strange engine noise. The plane dips. I smell fuel. The plane shakes in unison with my leg. Right, that's it, it's over. I look to my fellow victims. They're all on the pudding now. Surely they're just pretending nothing's wrong. The captain comes on the intercom, telling us that they recommend the Axis car harbor. This must be code for the staff to prepare for an emergency landing. One of them stops me inflating my life jacket and takes the whistle off me. The fracas stopped my doomed thoughts for a moment. I could have died of embarrassment. <laughs> God, I'm still a bit shaky from that drive. The uh, A40, what a shit fucking road that is. And what's we around about every fucking corner? You don't have cars either, cool. Right, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Because the sat-nav told me to do that. What's, what's the, Yeah. So what's the best way back to London? N40, all the way, way. (laughs) (laughs) so where does it take me, to Birmingham or something, yeah I don't really like Birmingham though, (laughs) right, so, um, well I am tonight obviously, (laughs) I'm not doing another five and a half hours tonight, are you offering to put me up? Gone it's gone very quiet over there. <laughs> right. Ten more minutes and then we're uh, we're out of here. I've uh, I've written a song in case One Direction get back. because you know I'm sick of them with their kind of songs about do you like my shoes? They're very expensive. This jacket was free from my person. So I've written a political song for them and I hope you like it. I'm gonna sing it for you now. And it goes like this. We all like chicken, but I don't like what's happening in Kiev. (laughs) Could be a big hit. (laughs) Bliss and Abyss. I wish I could sit down, but then you can't see me. And the mic's up here. hasn't been planned out very well. Because usually with the standard bits, I run about a little bit as well but I can't because you won't be able to hear me just <laughs> just to let me know the technical stuff that's going on in my head all right let's see then oh yeah the uh, I'll do bliss and the but I'll do I'll finish on that one but um as a, like, basically, what I've done now is I've made a will, and I have left, I've got a house in London, you know where the shops are, with no, no mortgage, and I've left that in my will to shelter. Well, it's not that nice, really, because I'll be dead, so it doesn't really concern me. I just want to piss off the rest of my family that are still alive. But also, I don't like one of my neighbours, and so what I do is uh, I'm going to insist, stipulate in the will that homeless people actually have to live there. All those times he's told me to turn down my music. Let's see him try that with the Romanians. Can you turn it off? I've got a knife! But the main reason I don't like him is uh, sometimes when I get back from a gig in London get back around midnight, maybe have a glass of wine. And then the doorbell went. And in London, if the doorbell goes out at midnight, you don't want to answer it, but I had to because the dogs started going ballistic. And Dave, he's there, he's going, your dogs have been barking all night. I don't want this to ever happen again. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know how clever Dave thinks dogs are, but I'll play along with them. Sweep, Betty, come here. Dave says you've been barking all night. (laughs) He doesn't want this to happen again. I think we've with that now, Dave. (laughs) You know the thing, and it's usually right-wing people as well with the homeless. They say, never give uh, homeless people money because they'll only spend it on booze and drugs. And you know what? If I was living in an alleyway where people were pissing on me in the middle of the night, I might want to take the edge off that a little bit myself. I wouldn't be going if someone gives you a pound to goes, I'm going to get myself some halloumi. <laughs> right, two more poems, and then we'll let you get on with your Friday night.
2: <laughs>
1: You've got your peppermint tea later on, my friend. Do you want some of my psoriasis to take home as a little gift? Because that's the thing, like when you get, it's socially embarrassing because you go to someone's house and they go, Why is fucking your skin all over the floor? I mean, uh, oh, we've run out of Parmesan. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it, that always gets the same reaction. It's weird. <laughs> the other thing with the dogs as well is, uh, you know, when someone comes to read the meter, like the gas man or something, and the dogs again, they go ballistic when the doorbell goes. And this guy goes, Are those dogs dangerous? And I just went, yeah, I've been trapped here for six years. (laughs) I just can't get out. They won't let me. I'm trying to pick uh, two poems to finish. with. Have you enjoyed yourself? Good. I haven't much. (laughs) Right, shade, and then... Yeah, we'll finish on Bliss and the Biss. I have glasses now as well. It's really weird. I just went halfway through a book. My eyesight just went. I went back to Waterstones and went. This book is blurred. Shade, it's a feeble heart that tries to whimper to you, and I find myself drunk staring at the lost bodies, trying to cuddle up to a piece of you, a touch to bring about rest, excuses, excuses, and I want to punch myself really hard around the face to lose consciousness, wake up a different person. Is this place haunted? See, I asked, you've got no fountains in this place, have you? No. You should sort that shit out. Lovely to look at. Right, this is the last one. Listen to this. We met, and then I'll say I'll be at the back there, watching you all walk past 10 pounds, come on. Come on, Tories, put your hand in your pockets. (laughs) Did anyone here vote Labour? Well done, you lot. Didn't work though, did it? (laughs) Lib Dems? One person there. (laughs) Probably in the party. Right, thank you so much for coming, I really appreciate it. Bliss and Abyss. We met, liked each other, and arranged to meet the next day. I go to bed alone but happy. I awake in the morning with anticipation. I think of the woman at regular intervals. I find myself not looking at other women today. My mind races away with romance. Happy thoughts flicker away. I'm a nicer person. I skip onto the future, dreaming of a time when we know each other, a time when we lean on each other, together forever perhaps. I arrive punctual. She doesn't turn up it's not over, it's not over, it's not over if I see her again I will not badmouth her instead I will thank her for giving me several hours of bliss in abyss thank you very much folks